Yeah, here we go. We are on season two, episode two of the Elite Path. I'm Coach Jay Hunt, and today I bring you another good one, another goodie, another goodie. Something to help you understand what the Elite Path is all about. It's a training program to help you get out of your own way so that you can optimize your metabolism and your immune system, especially for the aging adult, 35 and older, as things are a little different for those who are younger, to be honest, across that threshold. Believe me, the game changes <laughs> at a certain point in time. And we need clear instructions on exactly what it is that we need to do. Unfortunately, there's a lot of misguided information out there in the fitness industry. The elite path, we clear the way for you. We clear the path so you can understand exactly what it is that you need to do, what it is that you need to accomplish, so you can have the, the body and the physique, and more importantly, the, 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 the abilities to do whatever it is that you wanna do. If you wanna have the energy to play hours and hours with your kids, get on the elite path. If you wanna have the ability to you know, start playing uh, you know, some form of uh, structured basketball with the fellas and it's been a long time, get on the elite path. You want a six pack, get on the elite path. You need to find a healthy way to release frustration through work or you know, uh, with the family, get on the elite path. You gotta drop 100 pounds, get on the elite path. You got back issues, knee issues, <laughs> elbow, shoulder, whatever. You got issues. You need to get on the elite path. Because elite path will help you determine what exactly is it that's holding you back. And then we're going to create a nice vision of where we got to go. And then we're going to take you to the step-by-step -step process of transforming that mindset and instilling the proper habits so we can get you to the ultimate place that you need to be. So this week, we got a great topic. Working out versus training. You know, this is a... These two terms are used interchangeably a lot of times in the fitness realm. A lot of people are like, ah, I'm gonna go see my trainer. We, we, I'm gonna, I, I, just, I just came from my training session, you know? Um, you know, I just, I just had a great workout today. It was phenomenal, I loved it, it was a great workout, right? Like, we kinda use these two, you know, we, these two things uh, interchangeable. Um, but the reality of it is um, that they're not, and it's not just semantics, like they're just not the same thing. They, they are actually different. You know, you can, they can have some parallels, right? But at the end of the day, they are different. Very, very, very different, my people, right? So I find that I think the fact that people don't realize that there's a difference, that it keeps them stuck keeps them kind of stuck in, uh, you know, their, their places of, you know, dissatisfaction and keeps them stuck like in a cycle of trying to overcome certain, you know, fitness, health and fitness challenges, but, you know, they fail to realize they're, they're using these two terms interchangeably, but they're not. You're trying to lose weight and it's not coming off after a certain point in time, well, maybe it's because you think training and working out are the same. And maybe think you're going to the gym and you're working out and it's the same as training and sadly, my people, it is not. So, let's first address what exactly does it mean to train, right? Let's resolve that, right? So, 
when you talk about training for something, you are talking about developing a specific skill using a very specific strategy to achieve a very specific outcome. For example, let's say this specific skill is running and you want to train for greater endurance to run nonstop for let's say three miles. This is what we would call a specific outcome. Therefore, you will begin endurance training, specific strategy, not circuit training, HIIT training, total body workouts, or an aerobics class. Like a lot of times I, I, I ask somebody, do, do you do endurance training? And they'll say something to me like, yeah, I watch these videos on YouTube, you know, or I follow this person on Instagram and I do their workouts and all this other stuff. And then if I let them continue, they'll start talking about booty bands and not having enough resistance in their house and all this other stuff. And I'm like, yeah, um, that's not endurance training. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's you working out. It ain't endurance training. Uh, there's a very, there's very, it's very different um, when it comes to training. Training is something, as I said, it's, a, it's very specific to develop a very specific skill. Something that training is, compared to working out, is different is training is performance-based. Right? Training is performance-based. It is focused on you performing better. It ain't got nothing to do with the scale. Right? The, the determination if you're better or not is if you can fit your clothes better. It's not about um, you know, uh, what, the, what the scale says, what your clothes says. Um, it's not about if you got a six-pack or not. Right? It's not about the aesthetics. It is performance Base. That is what training is. It is solely focused on performance, right? So we look at the example I brought earlier, right? So when we look at workout, right? When we're working out, um, there isn't usually a specific performance-based activity that you're trying to accomplish, right? Working out doesn't carry the same intention as training. Working out is for tiring muscles, AKA burning muscles, burning calories, getting a good sweat, whatever that means to each individual, socializing, right, going to just work out with some friends. It's not really, you know, not really a specific goal. Just, just go with some friends just to have a good workout. You may go to a yoga class or whatever it may be, but you're just going for, you know, socializing. You work out just to have fun, right? Like a workout could just be fun. Like you're just going to go, you know, do something with, you know, with some friends or even by yourself, you know, to have fun. It could be therapeutic. You know, after a long day at work, you just you just you just want to sweat. You just want to sweat. You just want to just want to go outside and just just burn some calories and just not think about whatever it is that you've been dealing with all day. If you're sad, depressed, angry, like exercise, you know, just generally working out can be therapeutic, you know. And then some of us can increase. We we calculate it in our increased daily activities. Right? This is more of you know what working out is going to be, right? Um, you know, it's 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 not so it's not so strict and stringent upon principles <laughs> that you're going to follow, right? So training, right? When we get down into it, right? There's different. There's a few different ways to break down. Well, are you training or are you working out? And how do you determine the difference between the two, right? Because 
we have many different uh, you know, ways to break that down. You know, um, as I just said, training is performance-based. Compared to working out, it's more fatigue-based. You're going to work out to get tired. When it's performance-based, it's not about getting tired. It's totally not about getting tired. It's about can you perform this particular activity or not. Right, and if you cannot, let's put a pro protocol together so that you can do better. This can range from endurance, can you run five minutes straight or not? You can't? Okay, let's put a running program together for you, an endurance running program together for you, so that within a month, six weeks, whatever it may be, right, you can now run for five minutes straight. So what does that look like? If someone, if it was going to be a specific to running, and then you want to make it performance-based compared to working out, where it's fatigue-based, right, you're just working out to get tired, to burn calories, um, a running endurance program may be, all right, so you can't run for five minutes straight, so I just want you to run for one minute straight, and then I want you to take a break for a minute. And then I want you to run for another minute, and I want you to take a break for a minute. And I want you to do that for 10 minutes, all right? That's what I want you to do for this week. And then next week, I want you to run for, let's just say, two minutes. Not saying this is exactly what it'd be, it'd be two minutes. And then I want you to, you know, uh, take a minute break and then run for another two minutes, all right? And, and that'll be for week two. And then week three, it's like, all right, so we're going to keep the, the, the time of you running the same. We're not going to change that, but you're going to have less recovery this time. So now you're going to still run for two minutes, but this time you're going to run for 30 seconds. Now, as you do so, right, now, 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 now that just continues, right, until eventually you get to the point where you can run straight, right, nonstop, and you don't need the rest at all, right? So that's, that's, that's training for endurance. That's training for running endurance. That's what that would look like. Unfortunately, a lot of people look at something like that and they be like, I could run more than a minute though. So they will run until they're tired, until they're fatigued. And then they will take an unstructured period of rest. That's until they feel good enough to run again. That's not training, that's just working out. And for some, it may, you may make some progress, right? And eventually, hey, I can now run this five minutes straight by following that process. But when we're talking performance-based, we're, we're looking at optimization of said performance. You're going to eventually hit a plateau with that strategy of always just going until you're tired. You're going to hit a, plat you're going to hit a plateau. So for someone that you know, is following that, yeah, you'll go from I've done absolutely nothing to now I've made this improvement. But let's say you, know, you got 100 pounds to lose and you're going to have several levels of improvement. Right? You need to train for that. Right? You need to be not just focusing on just trying to fatigue yourself all the time, but you need to focus on you know, um, building a structure that challenges the body and then that, you know, challenges the body to recover quickly and then challenge the body to do said activity and then challenge the body to recover quickly instead of I'm just going to go as hard as I can until I can't do it no more and I'm going to take as long as I need to recover and then go as hard as I can to do it again. That is not going to get you, right, to optimal fitness levels. You're going to plateau. That is how people plateau, right? It also is how a lot of people get injured by following that protocol as well. But that's a whole nother conversation, right? How else do we know if we are training versus working out? Well, there's something called progressive overload, right? Progressive overload. And progressive overload challenges a workout 
pro protocol that made popular maybe, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago called muscle confusion, right? There's muscle confusion that is more fits into what people do to work out. That seems to be one of the, you know, it's, I can't even say it's a craze anymore. It just became, it just became a staple of fitness, right? That you should be doing something different every time you work out because if you're not, your body's not gonna change because it's gonna get a, it's gonna adapt to what you're doing and you're not gonna burn as much calories and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, there is some truth behind that, but guess what? That ain't training, that's working out. Ha ha. See, training follows principles of fitness training. One of those principles is called progressive overload. Progressive overload is to incrementally increase on reps, sets, and resistance, which equals your total volume, right? So let's, let's make math, you know, let's, let's put a little math formula together here. So let's say you're gonna do 15 repetitions of an exercise, right? 15 rep repetitions, let's say, let's just say it's squats. You're gonna do 15 squats, you're gonna do three sets of 15 squats, and you're gonna do it at 100 pounds, right? So your, your, your volume will be 15 times three times 100. So what do we have there, right? So what is that? 345, uh, so what is it about, 4,500? your volume will be 4,500, right? So your volume will be 4,500 if you followed that protocol. Now, progressive overload says, well, if you want to continue improving, um, then you need to now, um, that number, that 4,500 has to increase, right? If you wanna continue growing, right? Especially if we're talking about your metabolism. You wanna build your metabolism, you need to build muscle. Right? And if you want to build muscle, you have to get stronger. And the only way to get stronger is you need to increase your volume. That's just, the, that's it, black and white. Say whatever you want, whatever things the fitness industry has confused us on, it, it comes as black and white as that. Now, once again, we're talking optimal levels. If you've never done anything at all, if you've extremely deconditioned, yeah, you can just like do air squats and you will feel, quote unquote, yourself get stronger. Right? Because you'll go from never doing anything to then doing something, and then you could even probably add some five or 10 pound dumbbells and you'll feel like, oh, I could do this now. So you will get stronger by just doing it. Right? That's, that's, that's the principle of adaptation. Right? But if we're going to get into talking about optimal levels, then guess what? You're going to need to increase your overall volume and to continue increasing your overall volume. Now to increase, now when we're increasing our overall volume, right, um, over a certain period of time, we're talking about also following the, the principle of ad, uh, ad adaptability, right? Because we want to track and trace, well, I'm, I'm learning how to do this squat and I'm adding progressive overload. That means you need to continue doing squats for a period of time. Right? What's really good is that usually we like to do what's called periodization. So you'll have a period where you're mastering how to squat and you're mastering and, and, getting, and building up your volume. So you may start out week one with a volume, let's just say 4,500, but in 12 weeks, you know, you are now doing still 15 reps, but then you added it to four sets, right? And you're doing it at 250 pounds. Right, so you've increased, or, and still keeping the 15 repetitions, you know, you've now increased it, your volume to 15,000 per workout. 
So when your volume is now 15,000, you're going to feel, and more than likely, you're gonna build a good amount of muscle on you that you're gonna be able to noticeably see and your metabolism is gonna start changing a little because now you have this extra muscle on you and you know you do because you can document it and you can look, I got this much stronger, <laughs> I'm producing this much more volume than what I was before and you can't produce that volume without building some muscle. Right? So you need to adapt to doing that particular exercise where muscle confusion, that whole concept is to constantly change exercises and exercise modalities every workout so the body doesn't adapt to any one thing so that it stays in a state of shock so that you can burn as many calories as possible. Um, I even hear they try to throw in there like, oh, and it's boosting your metabolism. I gotta, I'm gonna do another podcast to really explain how you boost your metabolism, but that ain't it. Unless you just want like a short-term boost. Like if you want a bunch of short-term boost, Great, go right ahead and keep shocking your body. If you want a whole bunch of short-term boosts that don't like build upon each other, right? Keep shocking your body, keep doing muscle confusion. If you wanna transform your body and, and transform your performance on particular things that you are important to you to perform on, then you follow principles, I mean, the, you follow the, the principle of training that is progressive overload, right? Not muscle confusion. You know, muscle confusion, you know, puts us in a position to not fully optimize any particular exercise or injury, I mean, athleticism, but, yo, it also increases injury, right? It may be fun and exciting because mentally, like, you're doing something totally different, right? But it increases injury because what's also going to happen when you follow principle of progressive overload compared to muscle confusion is you're going to create a mind-muscle connection, with particular movements in your body. The more you create that stronger mind-muscle connection, the more you could be in control of said intensity that you're trying to move, but it, increases, it reduces the chances of you getting injured and hurt. Right? It reduces the chances of you getting injured and hurt because you're actually creating that muscle connection and you're paying attention to all the little nuances of this particular exercise that you're learning how to do instead of learning how to do something new every single solitary time. Right? Um, so that's muscle confusion, right? Um, once again, nothing wrong with it. Just understand that that's more of a workout. That you're not training towards one specific thing. It's designed to make you tired. Like that's what it's designed to do. It's designed to make you tired. Um, it's designed to make you burn calories. It's designed to make you sweat. Really, it's designed for weight loss. That's what that is. That's what it, that's about. You try to flip it into, oh, you're building muscle. I mean, to a degree, yeah, but you're, you're going to get capped. It's gonna be at a certain point where you, you're capped, where you need uh, uh, adaptability. Like that should be a part of the process. All right, so progressive overload versus muscle confusion. Big, big difference there, people. Big, big difference there. All right, so the next thing is um, creating smart goals. Right. actually before we get into smart goals, let's talk about quality over quantity. Right? What, is, what is that? Quality over quantity. Because they're not one and the same. They are actually different, right? obviously. Quality focuses on the quality, um, I'm sorry. Focusing on quality is prioritizing form, technique, and movement over repetition to just burn calories or to just get a sweat. Or even in some cases, to try and build as much muscle in that particular 
training session as possible, right? Because it's more about your form, quality of your form, of your movement, right? Making sure that you're keeping the proper form and you're engaging the appropriate muscles when you're moving, instead of just trying to move in the sake of moving and you're wobbling, you're all over the place and you're just moving, just trying to get it done, right? Like, quality is you're taking your time. Once again, you're establishing that mind-muscle connection. You're really paying attention to everything you're feeling in your body, making sure your, your form is proper throughout an entire full range of motion, of movement, right? Making quality the priority means you master movements to achieve optimal form. Regardless if that form is running, regardless if that form is squatting, bench pressing, push-ups, whatever, right? When quality of movement is the primary focus, resistance and volume may be lowered to keep proper form. I can't tell you how much like I see people do high reps of push-ups where they focus on the, qu the quantity of how many reps of push-ups they get and they forsake quality of form. I can't tell you how much that irritates me. Right? People will be in there and I swear it looks like they humping the floor. They just dropping their hips and barely bending their elbows and shrugging their shoulders and their neck and they think they're doing a push-up. It's not a push-up. Right? They're trying to get the quantity in there. They're trying to get high repetitions, high volume of, of push-ups. But what they're really doing is they're sacrificing quality over quantity. Right? When, when you're focused on quantity instead of quality, volume over form and technique to fatigue muscles for a calorie burn, right? Increasing quantity over quality can also increase your injuries because now your form is not on point, but you just got to get it done. I see people do it all the time from mountain climbers to planks to push-ups. Instead of making it easier to condition the body with the proper form, let's say put their knees down, in their mind, they're like, but I want to get the biggest burn, and they'll stay in bad form just to you know, accomplish this goal, which that is the worst thing you could do. You will plateau. <laughs> that is exactly how people plateau when they have that mindset. Quality of movement always trumps quantity, all right? Next thing, let's talk about our SMART goals. Right, so smart goals versus um, no pain, no gain. Right, we've we've heard we've heard that many a times. That that phrase, no pain, no gain. Right, so smart goals. Let's first define what a smart goal is. Smart goal falls under this is training. Smart goals is an acronym is an acronym for specific, excuse me, measurable, accountable, realistic and time bound, all right? So let's, let's get into that, right? So when we create a SMART goal and we say we're creating something specific, right? We are creating a specific goal setting real numbers with real deadlines, right? So a specific performance-based goal could be, I wanna run, you know, uh, 5K in under 25 minutes. That's a specific goal compared to I'm just gonna go out here and I'm gonna run until I can't run no more. All right, I'm gonna run until I'm tired. All right, that's more pain, no, no pain, no gain. My ankle hurts, my back hurts, I mentally feel exhausted, but I'm gonna do it anyway. All right, that, that's more pain, no gain. Where we're getting specific. We're, we're setting 
real target numbers. So there's the global goal, and then there's an intermediate goal, like to help us make sure that we're on track. For example, I want to run a 5K in sub 25, right? A um, couple months out, let's say we, we're taking six months to build this up. A um, couple months out, six months out, all right, let's say, all right, so in three months, I, I want to be able to run about, you know, 27 and a half minutes, right? So in three months, 27 and a half minutes, and then, you know, in six and three months from then, I want to be able, I want to be sub 25, right? I want to be at 25 minutes, right? Like, that's you setting specific goals, right? And having a real deadline. So your first goal, like you're pushing for that 27 and a half in that first three months. So 12 weeks, you put yourself on a 12 week program to, to, to improve your, your running speed, which is different than improving your running endurance. So I'm gonna get into that. There's a difference between the two, right? So now you're putting yourself on a training program to improve your running speed. Very different than your running endurance, right? So next, the M, the acronym M in SMART goals is measurable. Measurable stands for making goals trackable, right? Measurable stands for making goals trackable. So we're gonna continue with the running, right? When you make a goal, um, when you make a goal measurable and trackable, you're now able to document Right, month one, I was running, you know, every, all my runs were somewhere between 29 and 31 minutes. You document it, you measure it, you see the, 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 time, the, the distance that you're running, you're documenting the time that it's taking you to run, right, the, your training protocol, right? you're documenting it all. Right? You're me, you're, it's measurable, like, you can look in, and see, right, what I was doing in January looks so different than what I'm doing in, in, in June. And it's not just so different on, you can look at me and tell, but I tracked it. Look, see, look at this app. I tracked all my running, right? You can look at it, like a Strava or something. You can look, you can see, like, ah, all my 5K trainings are right here. And you can see as the months went on, it came down and it came down and it came down, right? So just, just to lightly touch, right? Like, we're doing that, and, I'm, and your, 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 your goal is to you know, do, so now we're talking speed, so now we're doing speed training, so now we're going to stay consistent, you're going to, let's just say, right, you know, you, you're running at six miles per hour, you know, for five minutes or for half a mile, and then now you're going to run at seven miles per hour for another half a mile, then you'll come back down to six, right, that's more like speed training, so let's say you did that for a month, and every month you test yourself, all right, how fast now can I run my 5k, Right, like that's how that, that would look. That's like 5K training compared to, you know, no pain, no gain. Like you just out there running as hard as you can and as fast as you can every single workout. It's not structured. It's based on can you do this or not. Doesn't matter if your knees hurt, get a brace. <laughs> right, you're not, gonna, you're not gonna do something to manage that or, or try to relieve the knee pain from even happening. You're not gonna spend too much time on that. You're just, go, you're just no pain, no gain, gotta get it done. Um, the A is attainable. Attainable stands for creating outcomes that are challenging, but are attainable within a reasonable amount of time. You know, I've had people come to me like, yo, I wanna drop 30 pounds in two months. And they're like, you know, they're barely overweight, but they want, they want, they want it off and they want it off like now and immediately. Sometimes it could be unhealthy, the amount of weight we wanna lose in such a short period of time. Right? It could be rather unhealthy. Um, so we have to be mindful of that, that we're not putting ourselves in a position 
where um, we can hurt ourselves, you know, or just not even physically hurt, but mentally disappoint yourself because you've created an outcome that is just not realistic within the time frame that you want to accomplish it, right? Um, you know, once again, this goes against that no pain, no gain mentality. We, we kind of tell ourselves that, hey, if, if it ain't hurting, then it ain't working. And that's not the truth. That's not the truth. It's, you got you to gotta be realistic, you know? Um, you know. You have to set attainable goals, stuff that you can actually accomplish within a, a, a reasonable set amount of time. The R in SMART goals is realistic. Realistic stands for being honest with yourself about the sacrifices needed to accomplish your goal. Yo, I can't stress how important this is, man. Once again, we'll go to somebody talking about, yo, they want to drop 30 pounds in, in two months, and then they're, they're like, yo, but I'm only trying to work out twice a week. What? <laughs> First of all, you already have a, a goal that's difficult to obtain, but then you're also being realistic with your effort that you're trying to put into it, right? Like, you need to be realistic. Like, some people want to drop a certain amount of weight or build a certain amount of muscle or whatever it may be, but they're not being realistic. They want it at, like, the most minimal, you know, resistance path as possible, and sometimes that's not being realistic with the ultimate goal that you want. You'll end up having to shortcut yourself to get to that ultimate goal by, you know, doing things a certain way. So it's very important very important that your goals are realistic. The last acronym of SMART goals is time-bound. Time-bound stands for giving yourself deadlines to accomplish your goals. Even more importantly, interval time-bounds. Like I just said before, you give yourself a goal of six months to improve in your running ability, and then in three months, right, you want to be at one point, but at each month, you're, do, you're, you're doing an interval check. You're like, you're just checking, like, all right, I did my, you know, my, 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 my speed training for these last, you know, four weeks. All right, now let me test and see where is my ability to um, do this 5K, right? So each month, you're even having, like, an interval goal, right? That's time-bound so that you can, you're consistently tracking your progress, to make sure that the performance that you're trying to accomplish, you're on set to achieving that. You know, when it comes to no pain, no gain though, it's working out to break down every time. Like your goal is to break down the body every single time. Like that's the no pain, no gain. Even when the signs are present of a physical and mental breakdown, the workout must be intense. Like you gotta get it done. <laughs> You know, you, you ignore the signs that the body needs to rest and recover. Man, I met people that, yo, they work out every single day, like seven days a week, nonstop, and they never take a break. Or they'll run seven days a week. They just, they just keep putting their body through it. You know, and I've had people say to me, like, yo, if I don't do it every day, then I'm just going to fall off and I'm not going to do it at all. I'm like, I, I hear all power to you, but you, you're, rest is a part of the process of transforming your body. It's actually a big part of the process. It's not like something light. It's a big part of the process. You're trying to build muscle, you're gonna need rest. You need sleep, like it's mandatory. And you need rest within your workouts so that you can come back on the next set being able to lift some good amount of weight. You don't rest enough, the amount of weight you're gonna lift is gonna go down and guess what's also gonna go down? Your volume. So you need to make sure that you have adequate rest so that you can keep your volume high and you can keep your weights heavy. That's just it, ain't no other way to look at it. Um, 
you know, uh, at times, right, when it comes to no pain, no pain, no gain mentality, at times you could be, you know, um, it could be, this, this could happen because you're having like a poor body image. So you kind of feel like you got to just do the most, um, you know, because you're just not in a good place about how your body looks and feels. Right? So you got to be careful of that no pain, no gain mentality um, as that's not exactly what is taught in training. Um, it's not about no pain, no gain. It's about following a particular protocol to either improve your strength, your power, your muscular endurance, your cardiovascular endurance, hypertrophy muscle. Right? This is basically building muscle. Right? Um, you know, training for endurance or, or for balance, for coordination. You know, like it's a specific thing that you're trying to do. And if you're always going no pain, no gain, your performance eventually is going to drop down because you're tired. And that's normal. Your form is going to break down because you're exhausted. Right. So the no pain, no gain mentality does not fit in the world of training. It fits perfectly in the world of working out, though. You just want to have a good time with your friends. You want to kick each other's butt. Go right ahead. <laughs> It'd be great. You could do that. Right. Here's the truth, right? Yo, just because you can work through it doesn't mean you should. And that's really the premise of no pain, no gain, right? Just because you can push through and do something, the elbow don't feel too bad, the knee or whatever it may be, sometimes it's better to back off. It's better to back off um, so that you can have longevity instead of trying to just get this no pain, no gain mentality and just get it in and get it done but then eventually these, these joint pains become unbearable and you can't do nothing. And then, then you're stuck back at square one, even less, because you can't do nothing. You have to now apply training to that said injury <laughs> instead of the aesthetic goal that you wanted. Yeah? All right, cool. So that's essentially training versus working out. So how do you know if you're training or if you're working out? Right? If you want to get better at something, you need to treat it as a practice. That's training. If you want to get better at a certain performance, a certain goal, treat it as a practice. You know? And I, I can hear it already. A lot of people are like, oh, well, I don't want to perform better. I just want to lose some pounds. Well, if you want to stay in the cycle of always having to lose the same pounds, well, then keep following a workout protocol. But if you want to create a template on this is exactly what I must do to get my body back to this place every single time I fall off, you train. Why? Because it's measurable. You can document it. Right? It's a specific practice, not just I just went in and I just went, you know, balls to the wall and just did as much as I can. Train if you want to get better at something. Work out if you want to fatigue your muscles or if you want to socialize or if you want therapy, right? Or some therapeutic release from it, right? But if you specifically want to get better at, one, at, at a particular thing you train for, you could train for multiple things, but if you want to train for something, right? At, at one particular thing, you want to be really good at it, train for it, right? Training is activity used to prepare for something. Working out is exercise done for the sake of working out. Um, you know, here's another one too I get from people is that, you know, they feel like, They'll come to me like, yo, bro, I just want a good workout. I just want a good workout. Can we just have a good workout? I don't want to stretch today. I just want a good workout. Having a good workout doesn't mean you're getting better. It just means you're burning calories. Sorry. Not sorry. It's the truth. Like, having a good workout doesn't mean 
you're optimizing your body. This means you're burning calories. Once again, can you go from doing absolutely nothing and just consistently just work out randomly and feel better? Yeah, sure you could. But we're talking about optimizing the body, you're going to need more than just that. Yeah, you're gonna need more than just that. Working out is not something you necessarily want to do. <laughs> and you know, for some people it goes into their mind as, well, it's work. Work is in working out. Well, some people don't want to work. So that's when you train. I love training. I love to train. I'll be honest. This is why I don't work out with many people because they want to push it to the limit. It's always about pushing it and just giving it all you got and just, you know, maxing out on everything. I don't want to do that. I like my workouts. <laughs> I, like to, I like my workouts when I'm focused on training towards a particular goal over a period of time, right? I, I like that feeling. I don't like to always go to the point of fatigue every single set of every single exercise. Um, that puts a lot of strain and wear and tear on the body, point blank. All right, so now that you've got a better understanding, I mean, there's more to it I can get into because training follows the principles of, you know, reversibility and following the principles of adaptation, you know, um, you know so many other things that, that go into it. But in a nutshell, that's what we are coming down to, right? Working out doesn't have much structure. You know, the goals are based on the scale, your clothes size, body measurements, before and after pics, and not performance, right? That's working out. Not nothing wrong with it, but just understand, many of you are probably working out because you're following principles of working out instead of principles of training and you don't even know it because you haven't been taught. Now you've been taught. You don't have many checkpoints, right? You know, um, there's less demand on your schedule. It's kind of when you want to do it. Well, the training, if you want to apply the principles of adaptation and avoid the principles of reversibility, right? It's when you start to lose some of your strength and endurance and those types of things because you're not consistent, right? You want to avoid those things, then yeah, you're going to have to be more structured, right? It's not as casual as working out could be, right? You don't train, you don't train to work off a bad meal or a bad day of eating. That's not what training is about. You, you, know, you know you're working out if you say things like that. If you have the mindset of, ah, I, I was, you know, really bad this weekend, I need a good workout to burn these calories, yeah, that lets you know right then and there that you're not, you're not training, you're working out. Training is just get back on the training regimen. That bad weekend, week, whatever it is, it'll correct itself over time instead of you trying to correct it in a few days. Yeah, like that's a big, that's a big one for those who, you know, don't realize that, yo, you work out. You don't even realize you, you're not training. <laughs> you think you're training, but you work out. Your mindset is working out, even though you're, the words coming out of your mouth is, no, I train. You're really working out. Um, if you're not following, if you don't even know the principles of fitness training, <laughs> if you don't know what they even are, then nine times out of ten you are working out because you cannot train without fully having a concept of an understanding, right, a comprehension of the principles of training. If you don't know them, then you're probably working out. Um, working out, you feel good. It's a good sweat, right? You reach plateaus. Those are working out. All right, so guys... No more working out unless that's what you want to do. There's nothing wrong with it. I don't hate on nobody that just wants to work out, but just understand that there's a difference. 
And that's all I want to do for you guys. I want to educate you on that there's a difference between working out and training. You want to optimize your metabolism. You want to optimize your immune system. You want to transform your body and, the, and, and, and to create a very clear, specific path as to how you do it. So let's say in an event you do fall off, now you have a path that you already blazed. that said, oh, this is exactly what I do. I do exactly what I did the last time because that's how I train my body to transform. You want that golden nugget in your pocket, <laughs> right? Then you train. You want to have fun. You want it to be less strenuous. You want it to be less, you want it to be more casual. Then work out. And there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with either. Just know the difference between what you're doing so that you can do the best thing for you and your body. All right. That's it for me. That is the... Uh, Leap Path, episode two, season two, training versus working out. I love you guys. I hope this message resonates with you. I hope we're going into a, a new year, a new period, that you guys start taking this more of a better understanding of what you're doing so that you could avoid the vicious cycle that the fitness industry has so many people following. Learn how to train. I promise you, you will break through plateaus like you've never knew were possible if you train for it instead of working out. All right. Love you guys. Peace. Coach Jay Hunt signing out.